0: Sometimes I find my I find myself not consciously, but literally following you around the house to I see know what you do. Yeah, long. yeah, yes. I know it's like such an issue. You're
1: gonna ruin that weekend, really? You better die. You better die. He can't even fit into his his shit box or his house. He's falling out of everything. What do you want? I was like, oh, let me get a box of tampons. And they're like, actually, you know what? I just can I get a Lucy? <laughs> All right, welcome to the Andrew Collins Show. I am Andrew Collins. This is the third episode. Uh, the feedback has been good. I've been worried about the feedback, of course. You know, you're always wondering are the people enjoying it? Uh, from what I've heard, you are. Thank you so much for uh, writing me nice messages, or commenting, or subscribing uh I really want this podcast to uh be bigger than Joe Rogan so if you can uh honestly just share the podcast with three friends just be like hey I think this would be funny I think it would save your life I think it will cure cancer I think it will um you know turn the East Palestine water into wine <laughs> I don't know what it will do all I know <laughs> is Please share it. Let everyone know. Thank you again for listening. I really, uh, I, I don't have the most amount of fans, but the fans I do have really are fucking awesome, and uh, and I just appreciate you. I really do. Uh, I think I'm like coming from a little sappy place because I almost died this week. Your boy got the Rona again. I can't believe COVID is still here. I got the new Jordans, the new brand, <laughs> the twenty twenty threes. I was there when they first came out in Brooklyn. I was in line. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was a different time. COVID in Brooklyn in twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. When did it drop? When did the those when did the runa drop? Twenty seventeen. Was it really? Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Just wanted to see what you'd believe. 2020. Okay. um, I was, I just remember you'd be like, you find out someone had it. You're like, please don't die. Please don't die. (laughs) And then I moved to St. Louis like a year later or two years later. And I remember someone got it and they're like, really? You're going to ruin Jason (laughs) Aldean? You're going to ruin that weekend? Really? You better die. You better die. And I was like, Jesus, what a difference. And I can't believe it's still here because I got it. I went on the road with uh, Tim Dillon, a uh, fantastic comedian, takes me out. I opened for him. Um, we've been friends for, I don't know, like 12 years now. He had a little bit of sniffles. He tested negative. These fucking tests, these at-home tests, I'm sure everyone's experienced them. They suck. Um, I just, yeah, so... They keep saying that you're negative when you're positive. Uh, Over and over again, he took the test and um, he was negative. So we got on in the car and we headed towards Raleigh, started feeling a little sick, but not really. Like, I don't know. Like, you look back, you're like, when did I first get it? Um, We get there. We do the show. The next day, Tim tests positive for COVID. I test negative again, those at home fucking tests. I don't don't trust them. They're terrible. I go and I play golf with my little brother. I go and hang out with my little brother and my sister-in-law and my nephew at their house. Uh, you know, of course, I test to see if I have covid by breathing heavy on my two year old nephew just to see <laughs> if he'll survive. Uh, no, it was. And, I, you know, I, I was fine. And I went I did a set on Rachel Feinstein's show and I had a great set. And life was good. I thought I was out of the weeds on COVID. And the next morning, I wake up with a little cough. And you're like, ah, no, nah, it's not COVID. You know, it's just a cough. It just happened to come at the perfect time of having COVID. And, um, yeah, sure enough, I tested negative again two more times. And I was going to come home on a plane. And Brennan was like, why don't you go get a PCR test? So I go to... W- Urgent care, urgent care can't do the test. It's always great when you go to urgent care and they're like, "Oh, by the way, we can't help you, even if it is urgent." They're like, "Why don't you take your time? Why don't you relax?" Er- but this is urgent care. Yeah, You're- it's supposed to be urgent. Yeah, no, no, like, come on, man, dude, don't worry about it. Take the test tomorrow.
2: The only thing they're fast about is like, they're like you have
1: money, right? You got the- <laughs> I had money. I would have gave them money. And so then I had to go to Walgreens and you go to Walgreens and the problem with freaking big pharma Walgreens is you got to fill out a form to get a test online. You can't do it in person. You can't do anything in person. It's got to be online and then you can get the test. So I got an NAAT test. I had to go outside Walgreens and walk through the drive-thru. I, wa- I was standing there, two cars rolled up. I'm standing there swabbing my nose going, yeah. no, nah, I'm, I'm, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a- you know what I got. <laughs> so anyways, I tested positive and we canceled all the shows and we are in this like somewhat nice hotel. And um, it slowly turned, me and Tim went from doing five shows and making a decent amount of money to being in a hotel room and treating it like it was a rehab center. We were like taking walks around the lake. We were like finding ourselves again. Like you, when you're sick like that, you start talking to God. Mm-hmm. You start, you know, being like, no, if I just get through this, I'll figure out what's important.
2: Was there anything that you committed to change?
1: Uh, just to not get COVID again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we just started walking around the lake and like looking at nature. Like you start taking in nature when you're sick. You start, like, like we there was, like, a blue heron bird. And uh, we were just like, man, look at the beauty of the heron, you know, me and Tim. Like, especially Tim, too, who's just, like, like so far from, like, being in touch with nature. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. You just start being like, man, life will be different when I get out. I'll figure out what's important. I'll be more present. I'll listen more. And then the first hour, you start feeling better. You're like, why won't that booker call me back? <laughs> why can't I get on HBO? Yeah. Why won't Netflix return my calls? You know, and it's like everything just within a minute of feeling better, you forget about all of that. And so we get back to LA on Tuesday. We stay a couple extra nights in the rehab clinic <laughs> and uh, we fly back it's six hours. It was torture. Um, and we get back and Tim's driving his car and he has a fast car and, uh, <laughs> we're just like, you know what? Life's good. We're both talking about how like we viewed out L- like viewing or especially me, like I viewed LA wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought about, you know, what's actually really important and, uh, and don't stress like small things and don't stress like certain people liking you. Anyways, we're driving in the car and. We pull up to the stop, and this this uh, guy and a girl roll up next to us, and they're staring. And I'm like, what are you staring about?" And Tim rolls the window down, and he's like, "Can I help you?" And uh, they go, uh, "I guess money don't buy class." <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said to Tim. He <laughs> was like a Russian guy. I don't know what accent I did. He goes, "Could like, be Armenian." I guess money don't buy class. <laughs> It was like he was talk like he was like right from the movie Rounders, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, pay this man his money, <laughs> which like money doesn't buy class. And then Tim goes, what? Why's that? <laughs> and the guy goes, you drive all crazy, no blinker, you cutting people off, you don't even think about anyone else. Money don't buy class. And he gets quiet, and Tim goes, uh, Yeah? Well, let's race. <laughs> And he hits it <laughs> and he goes like zero to 60 in like one second and i'm like crying laughing and i and i'm like it made COVID, like all the COVID stuff just melt away right then it was all over <laughs> and i was like we're back in la baby let's fucking be as narcissistic and horrible people as we That's can so funny let's race <laughs> anyhow it was a it was a wild a wild week And I'm happy to be back. And uh, yeah. So what do we got? We got some Topical Tropical. It's a tropical.
2: it's a tropical, it's a topical, tropical. You like that? Yeah, let's do it. I wrote that shit for you. We're going to start with, I mean, it's all tragedies today. (laughs) That's
1: all we have. Oh, boy. We
2: have uh, uh, trains, planes, or UFOs, and automobiles. Great movie. But actually, it's really just trains and then two planes because the other plane is the Epstein plane. Let's start with the UFOs. I think you shouldn't really read the New York Post. But if you're going to read a UFO story, you should read it from the New York Post. You know okay. what I mean? What's up? The U.S. I don't know if you've even paid attention in the last week. We've now shot down two, maybe three UFOs. It, they could be balloons. They could be literally little drones that people are trying to peep on their neighbors. They're not telling us. This is the story. The U.S. has called off its search for two mysterious objects shot down by the military last week after crews came up empty-handed in their efforts. U.S. authorities have been searching for debris of the unidentified flying objects down by U.S. fighter jets over Lake Huron last Sunday in a remote area of Alaska, Friday. But a U.S. official told the New York Times Friday that conditions made it too difficult to continue searching. So they may be shot down aliens, but they're like, I don't know, it's just kind of swampy. Yeah, can't look for.
1: Them. I mean, first of all, UFOs are always in areas where no one lives. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a UFO above uh, Times Square, and 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 show it perfectly. I want to see a, a UFO in four K on top of Times Square, and everyone, all the aliens going, how to do, how do. <laughs> they like what alien? It's like if you came. To America, and you were in like, and or like you were an amazing soccer player, and you decided to play in the MLS instead of you know in Europe mm-hmm. in front of 20 million people. You're like, I'm an alien, I just flew nine million miles, right? And you're like, I'm gonna go to Alaska, uh, where no one will ever know my name. Like, I get it in a way because you don't want to be caught, but I mean,
2: it's like, do the aliens hate traffic?
1: I, I mean, I do. Uh so yeah, so that's insane. And then also uh UFOs there everything's tied in together. We can't be calling balloons UFOs. <laughs> we can't you know what I mean? UFO is like UFO it's like
2: such a strong s- word.
1: Strong. UFO should be like, oh, we shot down a metal cylinder that was going six thousand miles per hour. Turns out it was just Russia, or it turns out it was Venezuela, whatever. You can't go, oh, this Hobby Lobby balloon <laughs> is a UFO.
2: Because what that means is if they someone in the military saw a balloon and goes, yeah, we can't identify that. Yes. I don't know what that is.
1: Also, maybe don't shoot it with the strongest missile <laughs> and you can fucking find it. You know what I mean? Maybe shoot it with a BB gun and work your way up.
2: They blew it, too. And I believe... Smithereens. The te- yeah, smithereens is the yeah. technical word.
1: Yeah, smithereens.
2: <laughs> and they're like, we can't find the smithereens.
1: Yeah, so I think... Uh, I think you need to um, use smaller missiles if you want to find this UFO. And UFOs, please come to L.A. Come to New York City. Come to fucking, I don't know, Mexico City. Just where people are with good cameras. Stop going to fucking Nebraska. Stop going to Wyoming. Stop going to Alaska. I'm calling you now. Come to my fucking house and I'll make you fucking chicken palm.
2: It's exactly what you said. This is from the White House National Security Council. Their spokesperson, John Kirby, said, we will have to accept the possibility that we may never, we may not be able to recover debris from these objects. Then he also goes on to say, the intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects are most likely balloons tied to private companies.
1: I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, also, if you think it's a balloon because you have the ability to have radar and your own fucking eyes, maybe, maybe just fly next to it and check it out for a little bit. And don't be so fucking afraid of it to have to blow it up. (laughs) I mean, it's just wild. All right, what's next? At this point, we decided to pivot and take topical tropical where it really belongs, Florida. I really just want to talk about Florida man stories. I only like these kind of stories is what I'm realizing. Any like story that's in the news that everyone's talking about, just makes me fucking nauseous. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to be different. I'm not trying to be this. Maybe I am. <laughs> All right. What's the first one? Florida man edition.
2: This is the OG Florida man story. This is the one. Whenever someone even says Florida man, you kind of think of this one. in your Yeah. Spirit. June 27th, 2012. Florida man chews off another man's face. I remember that he, had, he was on bath salts. Yep. And what became known as the case of the Miami cannibal? Yeah. Rudy Eugene not off half a homeless
1: man's face while high. That was kind of... Wait, what year was that? 2010? 2012. That was like of bath salts. Yeah, bath salts were huge. And that was still before Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Like, that story blew the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the story. Mm-hmm. Um I remember I wrote a joke about, like, the guy who got his face eaten off. Did he live, the guy that got his face eaten off? Didn't he live? It was a homeless guy. Yeah. I don't know. I I remember him being so famous, I thought he'd get on Dancing with the Stars. And then, like, at the end of his routine, he, like, has no idea how he did because he has no (laughs) eyes. But, 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 like, that's how famous that dude was. Or the the story was at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, fuck. There's a follow-up report on that story. I had the
2: munchies. <laughs> <laughs> There's a follow-up report on this story that said when they did do a talk screen on the guy, the cannibal guy, he didn't have bath salts or LSD or any of the stuff in his system. He just had like a little bit of weed. Oh, so he never was on bath salts? I, I mean, I I guess. We, the whole world thought he was on Batso. That's what everyone told us. Yeah. I mean,
1: that Florida weed's good, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, dude, that shit will... Dude, I, I've eaten some Domino's that if you threw a nose in there and a couple lips, I would fucking, I would not have no idea. No idea. I've eaten some Taco Bell from Florida, in Florida, where, I remember one time I ate Taco Bell, and I swear to God, I pulled a bug I was high. I pulled a bug out of my mouth, and just was like, "Ah, (laughs) it must just be one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, can't be. be." (laughs) I finished it." Ah, man. Well, a bugdita.
2: January eighth, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Florida man insists syringes pulled from his rectum aren't his. Go on. After getting hauled into jail on marijuana charges. Wesley Dasher Scott allegedly pulled three syringes from his rump during a strip search. Yeah. <laughs> Asked why he had the needles, Scott claimed they actually belonged to someone else.
1: I mean Was there heroin in them? it doesn't, or it doesn't say? Because it it's not illegal to have syringe like <laughs> a needle in your ass. <laughs> I mean well, that's, that's what he should have said, right? It's not, yeah. It's um it Yeah, I think like when you get caught like that, when you're caught and you're just like, nah, man, it wasn't me. Like, that works a lot, but <laughs> it's like, there's no way that could be an accident. You're not rolling over and ending up with a syringe in your asshole. Like, nothing can get into your asshole on accident.
2: <laughs> Isn't that?
1: Unless you sit on like a bike seat and there's no seat. That's like, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, whoops. But your asshole is so, like, covered. Like, you got butt cheeks. You got, you know, hair, pants, <laughs> pants. It's just hard to get into your asshole. So it's just, like, it's one of those things that's, you know, God designed. It's funny. Like, humans, we're the only species whose asshole is very difficult to get to. A dog's asshole, right <laughs> out there. A monkey asshole. Some monkey's assholes are more outside than the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> If you told me a baboon had syringes in its asshole and it wasn't his, I go, I get it. Come on. Come of on. I, of course. I get it, baboon. <laughs> but not with an enclosed asshole. Stop it. Stop it. Fucking liar. <laughs> what a fucking liar.
2: Oh, this is gonna make such a great segue. We're gonna go right into a question. Yeah. From the listeners. Oh, question time. Question time. Not even gonna say who these are from. We're just gonna get to them. Describe your one-of-a-kind restaurant if you had to make one. Um oof.
1: I think what kind of food would I do? You would need a hook, man. Mm-hmm. I think like 80 or 90 percent of restaurants fail. Yeah. Which, and it takes so long to raise money and to build them out. It's such a wild thing to go. I need to have my friend Seth on because He's done it before, and he just keeps going after it. Um, It's almost as crazy as trying to be a stand-up, or just as crazy, because you have to fucking whatever. Anyhow. You actually have to be good at the restaurant stuff. Well, that, and you have to raise capital. Like, stand-up, you could just go on stage and hope for the best. I mean, granted, you have to have some capital, but, like, anyhow. Um, I would have a restaurant that uh, the booth... You can go in there. It's not like every single table is its private room, but it's not like a giant private room, mm-hmm. but it's private. You go there to not talk to anybody oh, and it's soundproof. So you walk in, it's like every, there's 40 restaurants inside the restaurant. Right. And it's all booths. It's 40 booths, 20 on each side, and they're all soundproof. Mm-hmm. And you could either hit a switch that fogs it up or you could let people look in. Decide whatever the fuck sure. you want. Yeah. Cuisine-wise, you don't even talk to the waiter. They bring the food. It comes up through your the table. And you just fucking hit it on a little fucking thing. Number, you don't talk to anyone. You go there with your friends. The whole point of this place is to feel exactly like you'd feel in the living room, hanging out with your friends. There's like a little TV in there, a little flat screen for each person. Also, you don't even have to talk to your friends. You could do another restaurant <laughs> You can put your friends in (laughs) timeout. It's all about just more more cubicles, man. And I call it cubicles. (laughs) Because all the meat comes out in little cubes. That is it. An ice cube is the spokesperson. (laughs) Ice cubicles. That's actually like a great idea for a restaurant.
2: Yeah. It's 180 degrees from what I thought you were going to say. It's the opposite of what I envisioned.
1: Yeah, well. That's why it's fucking... Uh, dude, I'm pretty creative. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to be creative, but yeah. that,
2: I didn't think it was going to be a restaurant I actually wanted
1: to go to immediately. <laughs> dude, I think because we're all fucking...
2: Also, you did say cuisine-wise and didn't specify
1: a cuisine. That's the thing. <laughs> 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 I think the cuisine... It would be Patsayou, like Thai meets Italian. So Thai noodles... With Italian sauce. Whoa. <laughs> Fusion. Oh, my God. Yeah. Think about it. Pad Fredo. Now we're talking. <laughs> Was he in Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's not a bad idea because I love the texture of a fucking Thai noodle. Yeah. And you don't get it. They're too thick in Italy. I like a thin noodle that's
2: wide. Will you say trademark three times so people can't steal this?
1: You could steal it <laughs> if you really want it. You could have it.
2: Gordon Ramsay's gonna fucking take Gordon. This idea. Gordon. Gordon.
1: <laughs> take it. Take it. Take it.
2: I don't give a fuck. 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 Here's a question from a listener. Thoughts on your lifestyle from being sober versus
1: drinking now? Huh. Um. I. I there's not a big enough like. Okay. So I quit drinking for four years. I quit. I didn't quit when I hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. I quit when I was just tired. It wasn't like a big, it was more like, how can I be more efficient? How can I, um, you know, compete in New York against a bunch of young open micers as a 30, whatever, four year old man. How can I have a leg up? Mm -hmm. Quit drinking. I also was doing, you know, a lot of comedy with Nikki who didn't drink. Um, and a lot of comedians didn't drink. A lot of comedians are all addicts. They quit drinking, and then they just get obsessed with stand-up, and it's like, you probably should have kept drinking.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Maybe you want to uh, double up them shots, boy, yeah, maybe instead of trying to write a joke. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, like, so, yeah, so if you compared it to when I drank in my 20s, it's a huge difference. That was rock bottom. That's doing Jaeger bombs. That's doing fucking shots of tequila. Maybe a little bit of cocaine. Next thing you know, you've partied for four days straight. You're in Vegas and you're throwing up in every single hotel on this trip, which I did. I'm not even kidding. It almost became like a goal to throw up in every hotel. Me and my friend were just walking around. We were leaving that night. This is the thing when you go to Vegas or anywhere like that. Here's a little bit something I recommend don't fly out past five o'clock the day you're like supposed to leave. Cause then you're just hung over stuck in Vegas and you want to fucking kill yourself. You want to fly out as early as possible yep. and get the fuck out of there and still be drunk on the plane. That's my, that's so <laughs> that being said, um, I quit and then I started again and I have like, you know, in a night when I do drink, I'll have maybe two or three drinks, and it, so my brain. I you know I'm not. This is for me. Like I think a lot of people. If you end up, I didn't ever went to AA. I have alcoholism in my family, um. But you know, I don't know if like I'm an alcoholic per se. But you know, I I was addicted to drinking. No, no, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> I wasn't an alcoholic, but I needed it bad. No, I just. um, So, yeah. So I, I just have a different relationship with alcohol now. I don't think I've done a shot. I never. I haven't done a shot since I started drinking again. So, like, your relationship can change with it. Mm-hmm. Now, some people, they go, well, if I have four, I'm I'm fucked. I'll have 20. Do you ever. Because I also was sober for a long time
2: and I are drinking again. Do you feel superior to people who are who have not stopped ever once?
1: No, no I don't even think about stuff like that. You don't. Oh. No, I'm not competitive like that with like I just want everyone to do whatever is right for them. I don't like compete mm. with anyone. I don't feel like I do think that happens with silver people where they go, I got 6 years. Oh, I got 12 years. It's like when you tell someone you do comedy yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, I've been doing it for 20. You're only 12 in. You'll find your voice." <laughs> like, you'll be sober one day. It's like, I haven't drank in 12 years, dude. Yeah. Like, So I don't get, com- and I went to AA a couple of times, and I felt that kind of competition a little bit in there. And I don't like it with stand-up, and I don't like it like in the regular world. So no, I don't think like that. I just feel like um, I just have a different relationship now with alcohol. I have like two or three drinks in a night, and I don't feel like I need to have a fifth or sixth because I don't, I'm not running from anything, and I'm not like coping with being somewhere. And I think stand up has helped because if I could handle going on stage in front of a thousand people without one drink in me, I could handle three people at a restaurant, which I couldn't before. You know what I mean? Like I just, yeah. um, so I think a lot of like, you know, a lot of my shit was just uh, being anxious because I wasn't putting myself in situations that I was afraid of. Mm. And then once I put myself in situations I was afraid of, then I could handle like everyday life, which I didn't need booze for anymore. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Thanks. Pretty good. One last question. Yeah. It's a tough one.
2: What's that? Would love a man's perspective on how I gently suggest to my boyfriend that he uses
1: Viagra. Oh my God. So what you do is you point at his soft dick and you laugh. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> you flop it around a little.
1: Yeah, you fucking put it fucking. Just go, hey, you know what would be cool if you could fuck me with a hard dick? <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> you know what would be cool if you weren't such a fucking loser with a little any dick? That'd be cool. No, obviously <laughs> you should say all those things. Um, I think. The answer is with anything is you go, man, I feel inadequate. Maybe you say how you feel inadequate sexually and then go, you know, I've noticed lately that like um, you haven't, you know, been getting, you know, as hard lately. I, I would I would I wouldn't make it like a sit down thing. I would do it like, hey, dude, have you ever like I know put it on me. How about that? Go, hey, I was listening to a podcast and the guy on there has a pathetically soft dick and he takes Viagra and he said it's changed his life. I wonder, like, if we fuck, how good it would be if you, like, just popped one of the Viagras. He said you could get it off the internet, like, real easy. I already ordered it and it's in the bathroom and I just put it in your drink. (laughs) So you should be hard now in two minutes. No, but, like, I think put it on me if you need to or just say you were talking to a friend or I don't know. That's tough too. Because don't say you're talking to a friend, because <laughs> then they'd go, "Oh, you're talking to your friend about my soft dick." But just do it in a way that's like not so formal. I think like if if you put serious voice on it, it'll come off like way too sad, and they'll feel bad, and they'll get defensive, and they'll be like, "Well, your pussy's not wet enough to make my dick hard." And you'll be like, "Well, your dick's not hard to get my pussy wet." And then that's like the chicken or the egg. yeah speaking of Florida man your boy Tiger's in the news I mean he lives in Florida and uh... (laughs) is that bad (laughs) is that bad
2: (laughs) that's a great way to start a Florida story about Florida's biggest hero honestly Tiger Woods had to apologize after handing Justin Thomas a tampon at the Genesis Invitational.
1: You know, he did that to cover up the uh, Epstein list (laughs) that he's on. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was, I think, I, I do hate the term, oh, our country's going soft or people are going soft because I think people tend to use it at any time to just like instead of being like i'm an asshole it's Mm. like you're soft it's a way to get out of it and i think uh in this instance people are going soft like uh, i get it if you're uh you know if you're a woman and you're like well now you're using you know our menstrual cycles which is actually like terrible and so hard to deal with and you know, you're making a joke out of it and a mockery out of women's sports by this. It's like, it's just a little joke, man. It's plenty of women I've seen in the comments are like, why are you even apologizing for this? This is funny. I do think it's funny though, to just picture tiger woods, like planning this joke out. (laughs) Like I like the idea of him going to CVS that morning. And they're like, what do you want? I was like, Oh, let me get a box of tampons. And they're like, Actually, you know what? I just can I get a Lucy? <laughs> can I just buy one Lucy? Because I just want no, like so Justin Thomas, like if I'll drive this little pussy bitch, I'm gonna need a Lucy. Yeah, like what is it? Right, here, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Just give me one. All I need is one. Or like he got it from like his girlfriend. Like I don't know how he procured the tampon, but I like that he like. I love that, like, at no point, too, was he like, maybe this isn't the best idea, you know? Like, maybe he thought it wouldn't get caught on camera, but Justin Thomas threw it. He, like, he didn't, yeah, he didn't hold it.
2: The the CNN article says, Thomas immediately discarded the tampon before the two men laughed and hugged as they walk off the tee.
1: Uh, It's just, yeah, you know, people are also like, well, Justin Thomas wasn't offended. I'm like, well, that's not... (laughs) A lot of people can get jokes made on them and not be offended, but it still could be offensive. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Would this
2: be a story if Michael Jordan did this like 20 years ago?
1: No. No, not at all. Well, Tiger Woods, it goes back to the thing too of like Tiger Woods has a history of wrecking his car, uh, getting a DUI, cheating on his wife with the Bennigans girl, uh, <laughs> you know, just doing all these like, hor- like not. I don't even think they're that bad of things to be honest. Um, so it's like, oh, just add it to the list. That's Tiger Woods, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, he didn't learn anything from that DUI because he handed his friend a tampon. It's like those things aren't connected. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous.
2: Can we call him Tampon Woods now? I do Flying too close?
1: A little bit. not gonna lie all right welcome to a new segment i'm calling it uh dr daddy or daddy doctor i don't know which one i should go with here i i like them both uh i brought on my father dr alan collin he's been a uh physician hematologist oncologist for the past 30 plus years um he's here now now retired now retired finally I mean you were retired once you and then you came back what why did you come back out of retirement like Tom Brady
3: well he followed my rulebook but i'm not i'm not going to be on fox uh broadcasting monday night football
1: making 300 million dollars
3: no so i retired in 2011 after 30 years and i was enjoying retirement and i got a cold email that said uh, uh, doc wanted in southeast florida weekends only and as i was going to erase the email I showed it to my wife Jeannie and she said, did you call them yet? And I said, no, I'm in retirement. I'm going to delete this. She said, no, call them. So I called them for her sake. And I found out that the group was in Boca, a big 16 doc group. And I knew half the guys and gals. So I went down there and I worked three and a half years at Boca hospital on weekends from saturday morning six o'clock till monday morning six o'clock and it was a wonderful experience wonderful professional experience but it was a hard job but on monday morning i go north on 95 the traffic was going south
1: yeah did uh did she just want you back out of the house i mean what were you doing in there
3: um probably you know (laughs) I mean, the first day of retirement in 2011, uh, we were in a car and I said, uh, you know, uh, I can't wait for us to have lunches together. She said, that's not happening. <laughs> and uh, and uh, she, no, I think she really thought that I was longing to uh, be involved again, which I wasn't. And I thank her for uh, uh, pushing me because I probably would not have done it if she didn't say, did you call them yet? Because it was a wonderful experience. Uh, The the docs I worked with were top-notch. The hospital staff was excellent. They treated me royally. Um, They paid me well. uh, And I needed five days off to prepare for the next weekend.
1: What is it about medicine that uh, initially drew you to it? I mean, you know, at the time, was it, you know, being a Jewish doctor... As uh, like, did your mom push you? Your dad wasn't a physician. He was what, not. He
3: he was a chemical engineer.
1: <laughs> what I you tell me that like you think I don't know, which I don't know if I did know. <laughs> no, but what a drew you to guy. medicine? What drew you to medicine?
3: Um,
1: honestly, is it the money or was it the passion no, no, no. of saving was, your patients?
3: It, was, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the money. Yeah, uh, I, I, the money was all secondary. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I think I got exposed to uh, the healthcare system when my mother had breast cancer to, as a young woman. And uh, I wanted to do something important to make a difference. And once I latched on medicine, you know, I was good in science and math. Uh, once I latched on medicine, I kind of didn't have to Look at other options. So it was it was a, a, my top priority. Once I went into college, I found out that all the bio majors were pre med, and that they were cutthroat. So I majored in chemistry, and I had to take uh, prerequisite bio. Um, but I majored in chemistry and and minored in uh, political science, and uh, went to med school. Uh, it was tough to get in, in those days, as as now it's still tough. But Vietnam War was going on, and um, settled on oncology for a number of reasons. Hematology, oncology. I, I I really had a very good rotation in medical school in hematology, um, and I really liked the microscope work. And then hematology basically got attached to oncology over the years as uh, a single specialty. Most people don't do hematology and nothing else. Some people do only oncology, but it basically became a hematology-oncology specialty.
1: I mean, when you moved to where we were from in Florida, weren't you the only oncologist
3: in like? Oh, it was period? nuts! It was nuts! It was. The Wild West, I mean. Yeah, so it was, um, I I trained in Miami, and we're about two, two and a half hours north. And I kind of thought that it wasn't going to work out very well when we passed, uh, when I passed um, 100 miles of Orange Groves before I saw a building.
0: And I met some of that land.
3: I should have, should have. Uh, I met with the radiation oncologist who was recruiting for a medical oncologist. He was uh, the uh, chief of the department. And he said, uh, it worked out for me. I said, how did it work out for you? He said, well, the pro forma, which was uh, the guidance that you look at as to how busy you're going to be in a year or two, he was 10 times as busy as they had predicted on his third month anniversary. And we decided to give it a try and it was hard. The first year was harder than internship because I had no, I had no coverage. I, I uh, there was an occasional doctor who worked a weekend for me, but it was tough. So I was the only oncologist between, I would say um, uh, Jupiter, Florida. Well, there was a doc in Stewart, between Stewart and Fort Pierce. So I started in Port St. Lucie was a new hospital. And it was a hospital in Fort Pierce, so I was at two hospitals originally. And then the Stewart docs wanted wanted once they uh, got to know me, they wanted me to, to cover uh Martin Memorial and Stewart. So I was solo covering three hospitals and three offices, which which was nuts. And people I, think
1: uh now AI is gonna be the new doctor. I mean does right. oh, chat GPT do you, you, you know, I was just
3: I was just watching that.
1: What do you feel about that? Do you think that doctors
3: well, it can has... get
1: replaced,
3: or well, in part the 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 realism is is that we're slowly being replaced by nurse practitioners and physician assistants who are vital in today's medical care, and they want the doctor to basically be the director of. Uh, and the manager of, of, of NPs and PAs, because it's cheaper, but I think it's short-sighted because mo- most of the economics and medicine are controlled by three large groups, the hospitals, the insurance uh, industry, and the pharmaceutical industry, and they run it. And they get 85 to 90% of the medical health care dollar. The docs only have about a 10% slice. Although we can control a lot of the costs and uh, in, in, in ordering tests and giving certain medications, um, so the push is to uh, replace a doctor with a nurse practitioners and physician assistants, and I'm sure that they can learn CHAT-GPT as well as doctors can. Yeah, and and, I mean- and there may be there may be some benefits to that, um, but I don't know the background. You get you have four years of college, four years of med school with two of those years being in in the clinics, and then an internship for a year, two years in residency, uh, and if you want to specialize, another two years in a fellowship. So you have seven eight years of of significant uh, experience before you see your first patient uh, and hang a shingle. At.
1: So then, why why are drugs? so expensive in america compared to other countries and can we do anything about it i mean so many people talk about you know the canadian healthcare system and then scandinavia you know socialized medicine do you think that that will ever happen here in america
3: and why not
1: if it if you don't think so
3: uh the pharmaceutical industry is very very strong politically um they did something just recently, it has yet to be seen how it works out, that now the government can uh, negotiate drug prices. And I think that they, they're gonna allow some drugs coming in from Canada. Uh, and that might help things. Um, but we subsidize the rest of the world. Uh, in the new uh, chemotherapy drugs, since I retired, even the second time just three years ago, they're $10,000 a month. Oh, who can afford that? Um, and certainly the world, even in developed countries outside of the United States, the population can't afford that unless they pay most of it through insurance premiums, which is have gone out of sight. So I, I think the I don't have any of the right answers. If it was easy, it would have been done a long time ago yeah but but the pharmaceutical industry and the insurance industry and and the hospitals are basically what control medical costs in, in the United States, and it's not the doctors. Did I make a good living? I made a very good living. but you know um, it's it's re- relative to what the mean or median salary is, we made really good livings. but we're not part of the one percent. Yeah. Um and there's most no, doctors there's, are...
1: yeah. sometimes there's a conspiracy that uh cancer can be treated, but that would be if it was treated that no, you would no, lose that, so much that, business.
3: That right, right. That the medical industry, uh including doctors, know the cure for cancer, but we don't want to let it out because yeah. it's real it's really it's it's really a backward way of looking at things. It's it's it doesn't happen. It is it is it And the likelihood of a cure of cancer in our lifetime is small, although we've made some great progress over the last 10 to 15 years. The the mortality rate from cancer from 1991 to present, because it was a 30-year study, I guess, has decreased 30%, which is a huge, a huge drop. And people don't realize that. Still, cancer is... One of the top two or three reasons for mortality in the country, but but well, we've made significant um, uh, improvement in, in both quality of life and length of life, in terms of taking care of certain cancers, and we've cured certain cancers, Hodgkin's disease, uh, childhood uh, lymphoblastic leukemia, 95% of the kids are cured. Um, uh, and we're making progress in the non-curable cancers, lung cancer, colon cancer, prostate and pancreatic cancer, and breast cancer. Those are the top five. And we've made significant improvement in those, mm-hmm. but but metastatic disease still is yet to be cured. Now, getting well, back to- it,
1: Yeah, well, out of the 30%, if it's total 30, but like a, something like pancreatic cancer, it might be only like 5%.
3: Right. Pancreatic cancer has been a is a di- has been a very difficult disease, but the survival statistics, although modest, have improved, and pancreatic cancer as well. But pancreatic cancer lends itself to a very delayed diagnosis because when you present with symptoms of abdominal pain or back pain and depression, mm-hmm. and it, it's usually already metastatic by the time it's discovered.
1: What, uh, we had some questions from, uh, from fans. A couple of those were already kind of answered. Fans of
3: yours or fans of mine?
1: Uh, fans of, well, now fans (laughs) of yours and probably not fans of mine when they realize that you're this much smarter than I am. Uh, all right. So here's a few. Okay. What blad lab should we make sure to get done and how often?
3: Well, that's a, uh, encompasses a lot of the population. It really depends upon uh, age, your status of your health, and family history. But uh, to take it kind of from your 20s to your 40s, you, 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 if you're doing well, and you don't have a significant family history, you can see a doc and get some routine lab work once a year, once every three years. Um, particularly if the baseline is all okay and you're feeling all right and you have a normal physical exam. Um, but as you get older, uh, things happen and you start to rust. And probably from the age of 35, 40, uh, you probably should have an annual physical and routine lab work, which would include a complete blood count, full chemistries. Um, in women after the age of 40, um, a mammogram annually. And, uh, depending upon what the results of those turn out to be, then, then it gets modulated by your individual physician.
1: Do, uh, over your 30 plus years, what can people do preventative wise? Uh, you know, someone goes, should we have no sugar Does sugar equal cancer? Uh, the certain foods, the certain way to live certain rest, certain jobs, certain stress, or how much of it is just genetic.
3: Well, it's it's all of those things that you mentioned. Yeah. And it, you know, it goes into the pot. Unfortunately, you don't decide which upsides and which downsides you have. Um, you know, as you get older, you start thinking about um, all the influences you've had over the course of your lifetime and your career. But basically, it comes down to three or four basic things. Again, it comes down to diet, comes down to lack of stress. It comes down to sleep, and it comes down to exercise uh, and family history, and <laughs> and there, there there are things you can do with the diet, you know, uh, uh, but it's it, although cliché ish, it, it's it's what you hear. I mean, you need to uh, people who live the longest. One of the, one of the interesting facts about longevity, yeah, people live longer the less they eat. Um, so diet in itself, uh, of uh, an over diet of eating too much mm. is is a cause of decreased longevity. And uh, intimate, intermittent fasting now is a rage. Um, but, you know, if you don't eat between 7 o'clock at night and 7 o'clock in the morning, you're basically intermittently fasting. Uh, and you need to watch your weight. You shouldn't be more than 10% uh, of your ideal body weight over over your ideal body weight. And most of America's,
1: um, yeah, it's weird when you it, don't
3: see that as a patient. Probably,
1: I mean, that's the norm here. Well, but
3: I, I, I think, I think as you get older, you finally realize that you're vulnerable, like everybody else. The first, the first health crises that I've had, I thought, "Whoa, <laughs> I'm only sixty. Why is this happening?" Yeah. So uh, I think. I think preventative um, uh, measures of good diet, good sleep, uh, good exercise, lack of stress, family history, uh, and and going through screening tests, mammograms for women, uh, colonoscopies for both women and men, I'm prostate exams. Those. Uh, you are. Yeah, have have had a few.
1: I've yeah, I've had a few because I had the tubular polyps, which right that was scary.
3: Right and is colon cancer in the family on uh, maternal grandmother r- maternal great grandmothers side
1: and paternal grandma breast cancer you had breast Correct. cancer so Correct. and i have some pretty big tits so
3: but you you haven't had any cancer so and you're kind of young
1: yeah i mean i'm getting there what uh, was it, uh this is a, a silly question but did you ever get nervous treating hotter women
3: but oh, really <laughs> 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 well there wasn't a code out on the exam room door of who's behind it so uh yeah i, I don't i don't think most of the time you're not you're not uh, consciously involved in in assessing whether a woman or a guy is hot or not yeah uh but if it does come into your consciousness you usually call for the nurse to be in there during the exam
1: <laughs> I remember I had a hot nurse when I had scabies on on my uh, testicles there and uh, the nurse came in and she was gorgeous and I wouldn't I said I had a little rash on my hands because I didn't want to show her my gray balls yeah. and uh, yeah, that joke on but me that, was, that,
3: that on wasn't the question though it was a, a healthcare provider and a and a hot Patient, rather than the the reverse. Yes, yeah,
1: (laughs) true, true. But I I do think that nurses can't be that hot if they're going to be looking at genitalia. That's just the thing, you know, I I believe in strongly. Uh,
3: Maybe maybe there was a line outside your uh,
1: exam room. What's the funniest (laughs) patient story you have? The funniest (laughs) thing a patient ever said to you. (laughs) Who
3: who put that on a computer? You and Sam, I forgot. Which there one? was a, pa- a patient of uh, mine. There was a patient of mine. I mean, there are a number of stories. It's a little bit embarrassing as well, but maybe it goes along to the last question. So there was a young patient of mine with with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a, a cancer of the lymph nodes. So your lymph nodes get very large and he needed to come into the hospital for uh, chemotherapy. Uh, and he was fairly ill, not not not. Deathly ill, but he was fairly ill and needed inpatient chemotherapy. And some of the drugs that we use with lymphomas shrink the uh, the lymphoma, the, the lumps in the lymph nodes, very, very quickly. So I was making rounds on him during the week, and he liked all the lights out. He wanted dark, a totally dark room, because you were too handsome. And it was minus, and it was minus <laughs> fifty. I, I swear, it was minus fifty. Okay, it was freezing in there. So he was. I was making rounds like six o'clock in the morning (laughs) and it's hard to examine someone in the dark and 50 degrees who's on multiple layers of a blanket. And one of his largest lymph nodes was in his groin. And so I, I kind of maneuvered my hand underneath the blankets to try to see whether or not the lymph nodes have decreased or not. And I said, Whoa, you've had a good response at quite small. And he looked at me, opened his eyes, and he said, "That's my dick, Doc." I go, "Oh, excuse me." And I was, I slowly withdrew my hand from underneath the covers, and I left. You laughed him just sitting there in the cold. I, I I said, "I said, you're doing fine. You're going home tomorrow. You're cured. (laughs) You're cured." (laughs) I didn't. If it was a woman, I might have said, "Nurse, nurse."
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you have millions of stories of people that... Uh, you meet
3: a lot of people. you meet. It, one of the great things about medicine is, is that you learn a number of things. You learn that we're all the same, basically, number one. Our health is all the same. Now, there's certain groups that have higher risk factors for certain illnesses, but we all rust the same. Uh, and I think if... Uh, although doctors like a a number of professions get criticized often. I think that if we were exposed to the diversity of the population, like we as doctors are, if the entire population was exposed to that diversity, there would be no wars, there'd be no hate, there wouldn't be shootings of Orthodox Jews in LA yesterday. There wouldn't be a Ukraine Russian war uh, in all likelihood because people realize that our differences or not as great as our similarities. And that was probably the best thing I learned in medicine.
1: And action. Oh, yeah. Hello. Welcome, Brenna LaRock, my rock, my girl, my lady.
0: Um, when my brother was in high school, Yeah He played football And his nickname on the team was uh, His name's Patrick And then last name's Lorac, And they would call him Pat Mycock Or Pat (laughs) Myrock or something like that (laughs) I don't know (laughs) Doesn't that suck? That's such a a good
1: story babe
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst nickname
1: First of all the nickname uh, Here let's move the thing no, that's my bad. Um The, na- I- the nickname... Uh,
0: oh, sorry.
1: Shit. Should we start again? No, that was too good, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> the nickname.
1: No, th- so wait, Pat My Cock or Pat The Rock?
0: I think it was Pat My Cock, but Pat The Rock would be so much cooler. Because it's...
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think. Uh, the locker room, anything went on in there i mean horrible things go on in a football locker room in high school yeah. i would wear my boxers in the shower you know because my penis was too big yeah. so i had to like keep it you know under wrap you know because yeah. you know in case you
0: didn't want to make the guy other guys jealous of yeah <laughs> i didn't want to get hazed. you didn't want to get yeah like beat up because your cock was too big <laughs>
1: so yeah so what i did is i kept it in the boxers Mm -hmm. instead of taking the boxers off because that's what guys with huge cocks do well
0: yeah it's in the locker room it's medium-sized dicks only small (laughs) and big dicks you gotta hide those things away
1: (laughs) well the best part is is like anyone that would ever streak always had a huge cock show me a streaker with a pathetic dick and that's a hero (laughs) so my i would i would shower and i'd keep my boxers on (laughs) And I'm talking, they were the biggest guys ever. I was so small, babe, but huge cock, but so small. It just was
0: like, it just looked awkward. That's what it was. You just looked disproportionate. And so you were insecure about that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I was so weirded out by that. By like, yeah, how short my legs look compared to my long yeah, cock.
0: Yeah, yeah. like so, like your legs are so skinny as is that like the circumference of your dick next to your thighs. It was like almost too similar. It was so yeah. it was like a third leg.
1: I didn't want anyone to be like, "Does he have Kate Moss legs?" It's like, <laughs> no, they're they're my regular legs. Please don't like make fun of my legs because my dick's so wide. So, anyways, my every guy on the team because I would leave my boxers on would call me gay. Like, you're so gay, you won't even show your dick. And I would be like, Isn't that wait. the opposite? I'm like, Yeah, I was always
0: like, <laughs> Wait, I'm like, oh, Yeah, dude, wait a second.
1: You're so gay, you won't even blow Jeff.
0: <laughs> I'm still confused, like, but that's like, <laughs> I'd be like
1: sucking Jeff's dick. I'll be like, I'll show you how ungay I am.
0: But your boxers are still on? <laughs> yeah,
1: the boxers were still on. <laughs> <laughs> you're in
0: mighty tidies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man, the locker room was horrible. You played any, You played sports a little bit.
0: Uh, yeah, I played sports, but girls locker rooms are like super civil from what I remember. Um, yeah, the closest thing I can think to me like getting hazed was when I was in like second, first grade and I was wearing a backpack and somebody hung me up on the coat rack by my backpack hook. And then I was stuck up there because I also was so small. (laughs) What is this, a movie? And then the entire rack came out of the wall and I came crashing down. Yeah. Didn't
1: Wait, your parents told me this story Mm -hmm. and they blame you for this.
0: No. No? No. I felt like when I heard the story the
1: first time, they were like, I can't believe Brenna got in trouble like that. I was like, what? You just got
0: hazed. No. And then my they they said that they kept the voicemail audio like on a stick somewhere of my principal calling and just being like hey just wanted to let you guys know Brenna's all right uh we had an incident she was hung onto a wall and (laughs) onto a concrete wall that came crashing out of the wall she fell to almost her death but she's fine your mom's like
1: you're eating too much you ruined that wall (laughs)
0: literally your mom's
1: like All right. No more snack packs. No more snack packs for uh, Miss Larock my pat my cock. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah, dude. man, bullies were fucking bad. I like, was
0: bullied so badly in in middle school too. That was when I was bullied the most.
1: What were you bullied about in middle school?
0: I just was bullied like um
1: You're so hot.
0: No, I was so ugly, actually was so I think at one point I had I was on crutches. I had Brand new eyeglasses. I had braces. (laughs) Like, that was all happening at one time. And I had purple in my hair. So, like, I was asking for (laughs) it.
1: Who put purple in your hair on top of it? It was, like,
0: the fake hair that you glue in at the hairdresser.
1: Who was your role models back then? My
0: mom, who gave me an eating disorder. Like, do you think that that was, like, a... (laughs) It was just me and my mom. <laughs> so, anyways, um,
1: at some point you can't let your kid make all the decisions. Yeah, you got to be totally. like, you got to step in and go. Look, we're just gonna put you in a normal old navy outfit. I whatever you got going on here, you're gonna get destroyed.
0: <laughs> Close the door and do it in your room. I don't want to see. <laughs> yeah, put your I don't little wanna purple see your hair. Weirdness. <laughs>
1: no one wants this weirdness because you're not even cool with your like. There's it's so funny because even like the weirdos like there's still a cool factor of certain yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. Whatever you described like not like No, yeah. it wasn't edgy. It, it was, was like yeah. I was a
0: total fucking loser and they called me out on it. They would scream across the playground. These kids, I still remember who who it was. Uh ironically his name is Patrick too and my my brother did. My brother also did bully me, but he would scream <laughs> across He would scream across the playground. He would scream, Brenna Rock is a f- <laughs> okay,
1: okay, okay. Babe. <laughs> you know what? Leave it in. You know what? Leave
0: this it. happened to me. I didn't. No, I. <laughs> so I too was called gay. Just so you know. <laughs> Actually, I probably shouldn't say that.
1: No, it's all good. No, you are the person playing the part. <laughs> yes, it's not, not home- my fault. No, it's not your fault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Except maybe I was. <laughs>
1: You did seem to enjoy saying it, though.
0: I did have purple in my hair.
1: <laughs> Look, you get it from your father. Yeah. <laughs> your dad, when I met him, calls everything gay.
0: <laughs> your I, hat. the hat.
1: Uh, this is why I wore this hat. I was thinking about that. Um, talk about, uh, I meet Brenna's dad for the second time. And uh, he wanted to know what I wanted from the store uh, before I got there. And Brenna told him that I love a, uh, LaCroix. Uh, Popham is LaCroix, which is... I get it. It sounds kind of gay. I get it. But he was like... I couldn't even go... Buy, I, I didn't even want to buy it because I didn't want the town talking about me. <laughs> yeah. And then he keeps calling things gay. And I want him to like me yeah. so bad that I start like calling... I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's gay, that's gay. You're like, it is gay. It's yeah, gay. like over my moral compass, Like I want him to love me <laughs> and accept me. And, uh, and he ends up um, calling... We're watching golf, and the caddy for one of the golfers has this hat on, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Man, you gotta be real gay to wear that hat." <laughs>
0: and I finally, I was like, I froze. <laughs> I was like, "You know, I love this hat." <laughs>
1: so I was like, "This whole weekend, you know, I bite my lip a little bit around your dad because you know he could probably beat me up." And um, and uh, I finally go, uh, "Actually, sir," <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, buddy, actually. Actually, the the hat being a bucket hat and being round like this blocks all the dicks from getting in my mouth. And he looks... I go, actually, the hat you wear, sir, is gay. Because it only blocks one dick. And he goes, you are not going to marry my daughter. That's what he said. I think that's what he said. While drinking a Bumble Moose LaCroix, calling me gay. But yeah, that's just old school. I don't think he's like homophobic by any means. I just think it's just like... That's the thing. Like you just call things gay. I guess. Uh, including his future son in law. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, we just uh I just got over COVID. I sent you flowers for Valentine's Day and you wrote back <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's no
1: vase. No vase.
0: <laughs> We were in a fight. Yeah. yeah. Why are we always on a fight on this podcast? <laughs> people are Uh,
1: like they broke up yeah really
0: whoa (laughs) weird no they
1: (laughs) (laughs) i bet you right now there's someone with like an over under on how long we last because they're gonna be like they really don't like each other i don't think
0: (laughs) oh my god so yeah well you get no (laughs)
1: I didn't do a plan for Valentine's. You
0: didn't do a plan for Valentine's. You were out of town, but then you got COVID, so you were out of town for longer. We were going to go do something, but it wasn't going to be like, it was whatever. It was just going to be whatever. In your mind, you
1: wanted like a gondola ride with like horses. No,
0: I just, you, we were on FaceTime and you were like, well, I didn't even think that you, you cared about valentine's day or getting flowers and i said andrew every girl wants flowers which is literally a line from a movie but it's so <laughs> true and i didn't wasn't referencing it when i said it i just meant it so that was on the 13th the 14th silence and then yeah. the 15th the morning of the 15th i got amazon Prime <laughs> <laughs> flowers and i was like first of all they're wilted because they're the discount flowers. It's like the the day after Halloween. The fucking all the candies on fifty percent off, and the Santa Claus decorations are already coming up. People are getting ready for St. Patty's Day, and I'm getting flowers at my <laughs> Chico front <de> door. Mayo. <laughs> and then I get the flowers. And we just moved. I don't have a fucking vase. So then I was like, this is an inconvenience to me, and I'm more offended that I got them the day after Valentine's Day than yeah. just nothing at all. And then, so I did text you and I go, what am I supposed to do with flowers without a face? <laughs> and I said, and they're wilted.
1: And they're wilted. And some other thing you said. And I was like, well, this is the last time I get a flower. Yeah. Flowers. And
0: then I did find, figure it out and sent you a photo. And I said, they're actually very, very cute or very pretty. But still.
1: I did order There's them not, on Valentine's. You can't get yeah.
0: a gift for somebody that's work for them.
1: Agreed. Well, I thought you work for it. You just, You know. <laughs> You got to prove it yourself to your own present.
0: I work. I worked for a bouquet that comes with a base. That's personally the First amount of, of all, amount of hours I feel like I've put in. We but. say
1: all this, and mango eats yeah, all the true. flowers, anyways. And we <laughs> how, want to about, how about
0: how about an, an edible arrangement for mango? <laughs> no, for me. Oh. <laughs> like fruit Maybe I'll get me. you
1: some some cat <laughs> treats. But um. All right, I guess we got to get into it, which I think we already figured out what annoys you about me is how I handled Valentine's this year. And I apologize. <laughs> and I promise by next year, I'll order uh, a we full will on. Mangles
0: killed, so we can have fla- finally have my flowers.
1: The way that you've been walking him lately, you've been very <laughs> bohemian about taking our cat for a walk with no leash. You just let him run around.
0: <laughs> yeah, I follow him. I don't know. California has changed me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs> even care if our I'm cat not, gets I'm run I'm not over a helicopter
0: a mom anymore. <laughs>
1: our cat gets run over you're like california is so different
0: yeah i just let him make him his own decision
1: (laughs) i let him wear weird glasses and put purple in his hair because that's what he wants that's what i want for him um by the way our cat does need an eating disorder because he is disgustingly fat he can't even fit into his his shit box or his house he's falling out of everything
0: No, he's getting big. He's going to get his own room. (laughs) He's growing. Yeah.
1: It might not be a domestic cat we bought. We might have purchased a a small puma. It's a
0: hybrid. Yeah, it's a hybrid.
1: (laughs) It's Indica. A domesticated
0: (laughs) um, puma feline. Puma puma line.
1: (laughs) Puma line. Um, What annoys you about me around the house?
0: I got, I got, you got to start this segment. You've. Okay. Something else. Oh, oh you I want can't. me to start I it? personally Because people are coming at you I don't too want much. to stress anybody out. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I get, I, I say it with too much fiction and then it's just, it comes across the wrong way. It really does. So you got to take your turn.
1: All right, you fucking bitch.
0: <laughs> okay, whoa. Too much? <laughs> too, too much.
1: It's not me, it's the character.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So. Um, I asked for it. What around the house? Oh, I mean, you know, it all comes back to uh, the nagging. Oh, this isn't
0: a thing around the house.
1: Yes, it is. I was... so
0: Andrew and I literally got into a... a huge fight yesterday. No, an argument about who was more stubborn yesterday.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's like... (laughs) I'm more... You're more stubborn. I'm more stubborn. You're stubborn. Like, there's nothing funnier Uh, than arguing about who is more stubborn. Uh... We don't know who won because we both really were stubborn. I about don't it. think we've. We, <laughs> we both really about. did well.
0: I just left. Yeah. I went to work and I was like, we're going to just.
1: Yeah. So I went to write down something on a paper towel yesterday, <laughs> which we have plenty of paper towel, like so much paper towel. And I ripped off such a little piece. No, but you, let me finish, okay. please.
0: I apologize.
1: When I stumble when 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 Brenna gets steamrolling about the little nagging, she just everything she sees everything like it's like the Matrix. So I took off a little piece of paper to write down the password for our Wi-Fi. And you go, well, we have paper. I go, well, I'm just writing on this paper. Well, that's not the right kind of paper.
0: No, I said, let's not waste the paper towel when there's a notebook of paper exactly to the left of you.
1: But the paper towel is already wasted. It's already written. No,
0: it's not. It's not wasted. What do you mean? I mean, I guess regardless, we (laughs) could have used it. Yes.
1: I still could have used it to wipe my hands with the little number on there. I just don't
0: understand why you don't just put our pass our wi-fi password in a notebook that's right there you don't even because, have to rip it because
1: out. it's your notebook and then i don't want to use your notebook and you'd be like well you use my paper
0: okay well you weren't trying to do anything wrong but i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> you did it the wrong way
1: <laughs> that's the difference i think i think that's what we have to come up with because here's a resolution If I'm doing something that is...
0: It's not malicious. Malicious
1: or wrong on purpose, you can't be mad.
0: No, you just said if I'm doing something malicious, you can't be mad. No, No, no. you're saying if you're doing something the wrong way, I need to understand more that it's... Or I need to come from a place that it's not malicious. And it's
1: not towards you. And it's
0: not towards me. But I'm constantly caught between... Use your common sense and maybe he just doesn't know because nobody taught him. But I just feel like... I think I get caught up in that and then I get <laughs> really frustrated with you. Sometimes I find my I find myself not consciously but literally following you around the house to I see know. what you do wrong. Yeah, yeah yes. I know. It's like such an issue. I realized it yesterday. I realized it literally yesterday. I was like, I'm i li- I'm actually fo- following him. Yeah. I know. And I'm like, what are you doing now? I know.
1: And that's when I tell you that. You're nagging. You know, I'm not nagging.
0: I'm telling you, it's a, it's a. It's Maybe a, there
1: needs to be a better word for nagging.
0: No, a hundred percent. Yeah, but it used to be
1: because nagging's t- like hard. I,
0: yeah, yeah. I think it, it's like, uh, like my PMS. I literally, I, I know, I know. It's no, not I'm an excuse that. for everything. It's the same thing with me talking about your ADHD. It is an excuse to some extent. <laughs> They're
1: all letters. Yes.
0: Right. Whatever. <laughs> 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 it's just another acronym um but you know i get what i noticed the pattern and i think <laughs> 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 and yeah whatever that's it what fell just uh a book oh the shelf's I, about to come I out of the wall
1: yeah oh, whatever i didn't really <laughs> put it in that well all right brenna thank you you won't come at me for something i do wrong oh wait no i guess we did we're done fo- we're done it's, yeah. it's resolved it's completely the first time, resolved it
0: it's the first time we resolve something Ever. All right.
1: Well, thanks. Ever. We it's wait, nice that. I, I, huh?
0: Wait, wait,
1: check before you guys go? Oh, no shoes. It's I
0: disgusting. I didn't
1: know you said not to 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 not wear shoes.
0: I said to put socks on.
1: No, that looks so weird. No, this looks socks. weird.
0: You have hair on your toes, and your toenails are yellow. That looks weird. A Lululemon sock is not weird. That's weird. I can see your veins. <laughs>
1: You have fucking shoes on in the house.
0: I'm on a jute rug. It's a jute rug. It's A jute
1: rug? Really?
0: (laughs) A Jews jute rug. Are you doing a character?
1: (laughs) All right.